Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. You know me, and if you don't, I'm Taylor Danielle. And today's episode, I'm really excited for, I know I feel like I say that every episode, but I really am excited because I feel like I'm learning so many great things. But our guest this week is Nathan Redman, and he is a very unique guest in that not only was he a type 2 diabetic, yes, I emphasize was, because he no longer is a type 2 diabetic. Now, I know that there is a lot of debate on if you're able to reverse type 2 diabetes or you're always diabetic, but maybe you don't have to manage it as closely as you used to. I say, listen, if you are you know, pre-diabetic or type 2 diabetic, use whatever terminology feels good for you. But Nathan does refer to his particular diagnosis as completely reversed. He has been free of medication and the need to check and manage his blood sugar levels for almost two years now and has had stable A1C since his radical transformation. So I really enjoyed this conversation with Nathan. I think it's really powerful and that for those of us who are medication dependent, I really wanted to make sure that we had something to, to cater to us just a little bit. I absolutely am all for uh, my insulin dependent diabetics. I know that there's a lot that we struggle through together with, but I do want to also put out there that for those who are in pre-diabetic state or in a type 2 diabetes state and you are medication-based, that there is hope and that there is options to be able to, I would like to say, manage holistically, which means that my lifestyle and uh, my way of treating myself is so unique and so in stride with my body that I don't have to think about uh, my diabetes as closely as I used to, and I could still go get my A1C check and it'd be a normal range. So again, find whatever terminology works for you, but it's a truly powerful story of transformation And it all starts with one Facebook clapback. That's right. His radical transformation started with one comment on Facebook. I'm excited for you guys to hear this story. I think it'll be really awesome to get some perspective and figure out what works for you. Maybe this is something that you can pursue yourself. Let's do it. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight. Your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Danielle, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, Together, we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. Minus the entanglements, though. So let's do it. Well, well, hi, Nathan. It's really exciting to have you. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. I'm doing very, very well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I um, I always get excited when I get to meet a fellow Texan and we get to collaborate on something. So yep. from Look one Texas to another. The Longhorns <laughs> is actually my my high school uh, mascot. So okay, uh, so don't say I'm gonna predi- I'm gonna try to guess where you went to school. You went to you went to school in. Did you go to Round Rock? No. I'm trying to think where the Longhorns are. I ah, it's on the tip of my tongue. All right, high I, school I, Longhorns. I, yeah. What was the school? Cedar Hill. Cedar Hill. I knew mm-hmm. it. See, because mm-hmm. I coached basketball for like 18 years. 
So I did a lot of scouting, traveling around the state. I saw a lot mm-hmm. of teams play. And I remember going and scouting this one particular game, and it was like UT a high school with UT uniforms on. I was like, what the heck is this? And that had to have been your school. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That's why when you said that, I was like, oh, I've seen that. Where was that? Where was that? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy because the only difference that we had were the colors, but we definitely had a lot of people from my class, especially who went on to UT because it was just like, oh, it's easy transition. Longhorns here, Longhorns there. Yay. And so, so you didn't um, have the burnt orange? No, no. We were uh, red, oh. black, and white. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking white. of a different school then because there was a school that I scouted once that literally had burnt orange. And I was wow. thinking maybe that was it. So that yeah, that's a different school. I was I was confused on that. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, South yeah, I'm South a Texas South boy. <laughs> yeah, Houston, right? Well, I'm in Houston now. I live in a suburb of Houston called the Woodlands, and we're on the north part of Houston. But I was raised out in Odessa, so oh, okay. I'm a, I actually graduated from a school called Permian High School out in Odessa. Who nobody would know who they are except for the movie Friday Night Lights. I was going to say, a, I remember yeah, you had to read that and watch the Exactly. <laughs> so that book was written in 1989. And I take that back. That book was written in 1988. And I was a junior in high school when the book was written. So all the people that were in the book that are like highlighted and the people in the movie, those were guys, that, those were just friends of mine. Those were guys yeah. I grew up with. So ran track with them and played basketball and stuff like that. So, but yeah, that's where I was raised was out in Odessa. That's really cool. Yeah, that was the first time I was ever exposed to that was when it was brought around as as reading literature. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. And understanding the culture of Texas football, because it's a big thing here. Yeah. And so that's really cool that you got to, to be around during the time. And that for you, was just like, oh, that was just a regular yeah, day in the locker room. <laughs> it, it was a big deal because when I first moved to Odessa was in 1986, and they had just played Houston Yates in the state championship. I think that 85 year and just got trounced by Houston Yates. But my dad, I remember him saying, we're going to move to this town. This is the school. You're going to go to that school. And so it was really cool because my sophomore year, our football team went to the state semifinals. And my junior year, we went to the state semifinals. And my senior year, we won the state championship. And so that's when that book was written in the state championships and all the excitement of going to school there and mojo was a big very well known the whole mojo thing odessa permian and then the book being written so yeah it was kind of exciting to be a part of all that and be a part of that class and booby miles is like the big name of the movie and then the book yeah is like one of the most highlighted guys i'm like i ran on a sprint relay with booby my sophomore year like (laughs) booby's just a dude i mean yeah he was a man child don't get me wrong if you read the book or watched the movie the way they depict him the only thing they missed out on is the guy they picked to play his role was not near big enough. That guy mm. was a monstrous human being in high school, full grown man. But wow. uh, yeah, those were just friends of mine. And then the book came out and everyone's like, Hey, cool. A book came out. And the next thing you know, there's a movie. And then everybody's like talking about the movie. I'm like, yeah, that was just high school to us. I mean, so, but yeah, it was cool being raised out there that time, that time period for sure. Back when they were really, really dominant in football. That's really awesome. That's really awesome. Well, I know um, that you and I have met in various clubhouse rooms, but for those who have not met you, I would love if you could just introduce yourself, talk about some of your passions, what you're into, and then highlight your diagnosis, but we'll dive deeper into that. Sure. So my story kind of goes back a few years. We're here, we are talking about sports and 
and my daughter in basketball and this and that. I was a high school and a junior college basketball player, always took sports very seriously, played a lot of sports even after high school and college, men's leagues, and always stayed really, really active. But I got married in 1996, right after I graduated from Texas State down in San Marcos, which at the Woo! time was South- Southwest Texas State. So <laughs> I'm a Bobcat. Same, and every- same. I'm a Bobcat too. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. That is hilarious. So I graduated from Southwest in, in 1996, and I immediately moved to the Woodlands, where I am now, started coaching basketball, got married. My son was born in 1997. My first kid was born in 97. My wife and I had just moved here, and I stayed pretty active. I was involved in men's league basketball and church league basketball and all. I tried to stay as involved in different sports as I could because I always loved sports, but, you know, Little by little, year after year, marriage just kind of slows down your. I, I want I, I, sometimes I catch myself saying it, it it causes you not to have time to do things, but the truth of the matter is you just start prioritizing things over sports and over fitness and over athletics, and it's so it's really kind of in some ways an excuse, but at the same time it is about priorities. So yeah. from that standpoint, I just slowly but surely got less and less active. And as I got less and less active, I got heavier and heavier until about 2018, I reached my max weight. I got to about 245 pounds. And at that time, it was kind of funny because I was standing in the kitchen one day and my mom was visiting and I was living a very unhealthy lifestyle as far as eating and drinking and just not taking care of myself at all, no exercise whatsoever. And my mom was visiting from Odessa and she says, she says, Nathan, it looks like you're losing weight. What have you been doing to lose weight? And I literally out loud laughed, I like a legitimate LOL. Cause I was like, mom, mm-hmm. trust me, I'm not exercising. I'm eating everything that's in front of me. I don't try to eat right. There's no way I'm losing weight. And she says, Hey, you look like you're losing a little weight to me. It's like, well, I don't know. There's no chance I'm losing weight. Well, sure enough, two or three weeks pass and I start to notice some clothes that had been a little tight. We're starting to get a little loose and some pants starting to get a little loose in the waist. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. I might actually be losing weight, but I'm not doing anything to try. This doesn't make any sense. And then I started having some other strange occurrences. I started being real thirsty all the time. I started going to the bathroom very frequently, like literally once an hour minimum. I was constantly go to the restroom, go to the restroom. But at the same time, I was thirsty and felt dehydrated all the time. So I thought, well, no wonder I'm going to the restroom all the time because I'm drinking so much water and so much fluids, which to be quite honest with you, wasn't water. I was probably drinking a Dr. Pepper or I was probably drinking lemonade or you know, something like that to just hydrate myself. So it's just this vicious cycle of thirsty, 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 use the restroom a lot, use the restroom. And then I started waking up in the middle of the night with my fingers being numb and kind of tingling. Mm -hmm. I'd have to wake up and kind of shake my hands in the middle and like trying to get feeling back in them and circulation into my fingers. And then I started getting these sores in my mouth, especially on like on the back of my tongue, these real sore spots. And I just finally, as a stubborn 47-year-old man at the time, 46-year-old man at the time, I finally was like, okay, I need to go to the doctor. Something's not right. All these things are are not right. I never in a million years thought about blood sugar. I didn't think about diabetes. I didn't know any of the symptoms. My immediate thought was like something really like 
dire, I've got six months to live kind of a thing was going on. I don't want to use the C word, but the C word popped into my head. I'm like, sure. What the heck is going on here? So I'll go to the doctor and get some blood work done. And uh, comes back a few days later, says, hey, yeah, come on in. We got your blood work. We want to talk about it. And I go in and they say, well, we did some blood work and it looks like you're type two diabetic. And I remember asking the nurse who was giving me the report, she says, you're type two diabetic. And I said, well, do you mean like pre-diabetic? Am I like on the early stages of being diabetic? Mm -hmm. What exactly am I? And she said, no, sir. She goes, your A1C is 12.1. And a normal A1C is below 5.7. I think she said somewhere between like 5.1, 5.7 is normal. And you're mm -hmm. a 12.1. Well, I didn't even really know what that meant, to be honest with you. Yeah. But I knew, obviously, that's definitely above 5.7. It wasn't until I started kind of doing some research and talking to other people that people were starting to tell me, dude, you're like a raging type 2 diabetic. That's some of the highest numbers I've ever seen. So the doctor put me on a medication called glipizide. Started taking the glipizide, and I didn't like the way it made me feel. When I was at work, there was actually an incident at work where I almost passed out first thing in the morning. I was a teacher at the time. I was coaching basketball, which is a whole other ironic story. Here I am coaching athletics, and I'm a PE teacher, and I'm the most unphysically healthy person you can possibly find. I'm a terrible example of what I'm trying to teach other kids to be. So that's a whole nother story. But I was in a basketball class one morning, teaching my off-season basketball class first period. And I started to get dizzy and kind of lightheaded. I called the nurse. I said, hey, come get me. Something's not right. She took me down to the nurse's station and gave me some crackers or something along that line. And come to find out, the glipizide, I didn't eat breakfast with it. And so it made my mm. blood sugar go way down. And so I just started struggling with how I was feeling. And, and I, I didn't like the medication stuff, but I took it for like three months. And my A1C, the next time I got it checked, was went down to like 9.9. .9. It wasn't that much of an improvement. It was an improvement, but not much. So there was a situation, and this is something I don't really talk about all that often. In fact, I've probably only talked about it a couple of times, but maybe it'll help somebody on, this, on listening to your podcast. So I'll just kind of spill it out there. March the 15th, no, I'll take that back. March the 31st, 2018, my wife had a friend of hers that was training to do a half marathon. And my wife is really a runner. She's done three full marathons, 19 half marathons, countless 5Ks. Wow. She loves running. So she's pretty fit. She's pretty healthy. Me at that time, not so much. And one of her friends was training for a marathon or a half marathon. And she popped on Facebook one day and said something along the lines of, it was kind of raining this morning, so I got out and ran, but I only ran a mile, and then I kind of went out and came back home. Well, in my, in my effort to try to encourage this person, I said on Facebook, okay, I know that I should not have done this now, but I said on Facebook, <laughs> I said, hey, hey, don't feel so bad. The person you look up to as the runner stayed home this morning and slept in. Well, that person was my wife, right? Mm -hmm. I was trying to encourage the friend of hers, but my wife didn't really see it that way. So mm -hmm. my wife pops onto Facebook and her response for all the world to see is, says the guy who hasn't exercised in how long? Oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah, that was her comment. 
So I love those Facebook wars. <laughs> oh my God! Well, Facebook world war when you're upstairs and the person making the comments downstairs. I, yeah, yeah. I literally walk to the edge of the stairs and I yell out. I'm like, "Babe, what the heck? What are you doing?" She said, "Hey, it, you made the comment. I just responded." And I was like, I, "It was like five minutes of tension." Yeah. Very much. I, I'm not going to use all the conversation that went on there, but I, let's just say it was an it was a tense <laughs> conversation. Probably, but, I, I could imagine. <laughs> yeah, words were words were shared. So, but at the same time, I look back on it, and, and here's what happened in that moment. It woke me up. Mm. It really got my attention. And as somebody who used to be an athlete, who used to be in great shape. As somebody who was a basketball coach and a PE teacher who's supposed to be modeling that, it just got my attention. And I said, you know what? I'm fixing this right now. This changes tonight. That was March 31st of 2018. Some of my best friends in the world live out in Redlands, California, near San Bernardino. And they're health coaches for a company called Optavia. And Optavia specializes in weight loss. That's their expertise. I knew that they could help me because they had helped so many other people and I had seen so many examples of their, their coaching. So I called them on the phone. Their names are Brooke and Dave Ross. I called them. I was like, Brooke, Dave, I need your help. I've got to do something about my weight. I've got to do something about my diabetes. Tonight, this changes. And they basically said, okay, this is how our program works. They walked me through the system. On April 15th, I started that program. I was 225 pounds. Now I'd lost 20 pounds because of the diabetes. Mm -hmm. I was 225 pounds, April 15th, 2019. And by July 15th of that same year, I was 185 pounds. I lost 40 pounds in 90 days doing their program with their help and with their coaching. And my A1C went from the 9.9. It had been because of just using the glipizide. It went down to 5.7. And my wow. type 2 diabetes, I, I know I, some people argue with me and kind of disagree with me on using the word reversed or healed mm -hmm. or corrected. Yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever verbiage you want to use, however you want to try to, to position that, all I know is my A1C went from severely diabetic to normal in 90 days through that program. And that was July 15th of, of 2019. So here we are coming up on July of 2021, two years. A1C is still normal. My current weight's 178 pounds. I've gotten even better shape. I started running half marathons. I got introduced to triathlon through an Ironman here in Houston. I started training for triathlon. I changed the way that I ate. I even went vegan back in November of 2019. I went vegan and I've been vegan ever since, which is a whole nother thing because a lot of people that are diabetics, they say, well, how do you eat all those carbs, all the rice and all the beans and all the fruits and all the stuff that's so carb heavy? I'm not a doctor. All I can tell you is when I went to a whole food plant-based diet and I got rid of meat mm -hmm. and I got rid of processed foods and I got rid of sugary stuff, my blood sugar has been a thousand percent normal ever since I corrected it through the weight loss program. So I'm a walking billboard of, of not only the company that I did the program with, but just that a whole food plant-based diet is actually a solution for at least it was for me and so my type 2 diabetes was i say reversed some people say it wasn't reversed you'll always have it 
Okay. All I know is my A1C is normal. I'm healthy as a horse. And so, yeah, that's the process that I went through. And it, it really was all triggered by me making a stupid ass comment to my wife that was insulting to her that I meant to be encouraging to somebody else. But that was the moment that I said, okay, yeah, enough is enough. And I made the change. And so that was a game changer for me was when I made that comment. And then my wife, we've even talked about it since then. I'm like, I, I could not be more grateful that you said what you did. And she said, I had for months and months been looking for a way to get your attention because you, we were scared for you. We were scared mm -hmm. for ourselves. What's going to happen if you go away? We were scared and we didn't know how to get your attention. It's kind of hard. And she said, I just looked at that as my opportunity to kind of kick you in the gut because I knew nothing yeah. else I was saying was getting your attention. And I had nothing to lose. And when I had nothing to lose, I just took that opportunity. And I tell her all the time, I'm so glad you did. I'm glad you didn't bite your tongue because if you had, there's no telling if I would have changed at all. And so here I am today. Basically, my life has radically changed because my wife spoke up and was brutally honest with me. Yeah, sometimes a good clapback is all we need to kind of get us going. So yeah, um, it worked. Big shout out to your wife for uh, for stepping in and, and being <laughs> honest, because I think that's something in, in relationships, even with my partner now, like having to recognize that there's there's some truths that you just can't sugarcoat. You just have to say what it is and yeah. you can't manage someone else's reaction to it. You just have to say what it is and let them deal with their emotions with it. And your answer was, okay, that, that was kind of hurtful, but I needed it and, and here you are. So yeah, my competitive really nature, she definitely played into my competitive nature. Oh yeah, yeah. You tell you me know. I can't do something and it's like, oh. It's on, man. I got an you answer for that. You tell me I can't do something. <laughs> the, the most powerful things I've ever accomplished in my life came off of the heels of somebody telling me I couldn't do it. So yeah, she knows yeah, that about yeah. me and she used it against me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad yeah. she did. Well, I have so many questions, but I have to to highlight that you are my first diabetic guest who has, I, I, I'm with you there of, of what's the verbiage that we use, but I'll, I'll use your terminology, reversed your, your diagnosis. Now I've had a lot of people who have been type one, I've had a, a Modi guest, so you know more insulin dependent guests. You're right. only my second one that's mainly medication. And even myself, I was on glipizide at yeah. one point. My doctor started me on metformin. Yeah. And when she didn't want to put me on the full dose because it made my stomach crazy, they put me on glipizide. And then this year I saw an endocrinologist for the first time. I didn't know you were supposed to see one until I started hanging out with more diabetics. And my doctor was like, oh, no, we're going to take you off the glipizide. Like, no, we're, we're just we're going to put you on something else. And, and the new medication regimen has definitely been working well. But, you know, I think that's always kind of the struggle when you interact with different types of diabetics is like, what is that, that term? Do you say it's reversed? Do you say it's in, I've heard people say remission, cured, oh, I holistically manage, all that type of stuff. Right. And right. to me, it's just like, at the end of the day, if I don't have to wake up and prick my finger or now I'm using a CGM, you know, have to check something because I, everything is stable and I know that it's stable and, and you've, you know, proven that for being stable for two years, right. then I would say, granted, I can't go back to the lifestyle that I was doing before, right? It did take a radical change of environment and, and lifestyle to maintain that. But even still, to be able to walk around and not have to let that be at the forefront of my mind all the time, that was definitely something that to yeah. me is worth using whatever terminology that you want. So, oh man, so many questions. Okay, so I, I think my first question that I would 
love to just understand is when you were, so it sounds like the, the three influential people that, that really played a role was your wife and then your For two sure. health coach friends. When they were you know, walking you through that coaching process, what were some of the battles that you faced and trying to pretty much just overhaul your entire lifestyle into getting to the point where you are now? Right. I, I would probably need to explain a little bit about the program that they put me through to to be able to make some sense of that question. So give me just a chance to kind of unpack that. So sure. Optavia, like I said earlier, is the name of the company. I'm actually a coach for them now. So the people like I'm now doing for people what my coaches did for me, which is one of the beauties of Optavia is anybody that does Optavia can then pass that along to their friends and family and whatnot. But the program itself from day one, like when I started on April 15th, I went on a system that Optavia handed me and all I had to do was follow the system. The Probably the hardest parts for me were just some early stages of sugar detox that went mm. on because I, I immediately cut sugars out of my diet. Like on day one, no sodas, not even any fruit temporarily, no processed sugars of any kind. It was, I was eating fruits and or not fruits, but I was eating vegetables, lean proteins, and then what the company refers to as fuelings, which they provide to us. But they give you such a structured system to follow that it takes all the guesswork out. It takes all mm -hmm. of the thinking out of it. You don't have to look at labels. You don't have to count calories or look at macros. They literally put it all there for you in your lap and say, just follow this structure. Do it every day. And you're going to lose weight like you've never lost weight before. And that's exactly what happened. 40 pounds in 90 days um, by just following their structure. So from that standpoint, it wasn't hard at all. It really wasn't hard. And I'm the kind of person that once I commit to something and I'm like, okay, I am in, then I'm in. It's not like, oh, I had a really hard day today. I kind of. I drank some Dr. Pepper or I had a cupcake because it was just the temptation was so strong or whatever. No, with me, I'm just like when I when I dive in and I'm like in, I'm in. So on April 15th, that very first morning, I started following the structure of their system and I stayed super solid on it for 90 days. And the first week really helped a lot because in the very first week, I lost seven and a half pounds. And when you lose that much weight that fast and you're looking at the scale and you see the results, it makes it so much easier for you to be like, oh, yeah, this is working. I'm I'm not sure. going to mess around and do anything to mess this up. This is the best thing, easiest thing ever. And it was super simple to do. And they gave me all the structure and all I had to do was just plug into the system. So from that standpoint, it was really, really easy. You have to you have to make some smart choices. Obviously, when I was going through this, the rest of my family was still doing their normal thing, eating their normal foods. And so there were things coming into the house that I normally would have said, yeah, give me one of those, or like a piece of pizza or a cookie or whatever. So I, I did take some discipline from that standpoint. But because of the structure of the program and because I saw so much success so fast, it made it really easy for me to look at a cupcake or a piece of pizza and go, is that really worth stopping this incredible progress that I'm going with right now. So it made it really easy to be able to just say, that ain't worth it. I mean, I was on such a roll so fast that it made it really easy to, to just stick with it. So 
that was very, I was very fortunate with that, not having to think and calculate macros and pay attention to the nutrition labels and all that kind of stuff. Just the simplicity of it made it really, really simple to dive into. And then the success that started happening so fast made it really easy to stay locked in and committed to it. Wow. Wow. That's, that's really awesome. Cause I know even for myself and, and close family members, that's one of the biggest pain points that comes up is that I have to do all of these extra steps. And, and my mom is kind of a perfect example of this. Me and my dad and, and my sister for the most part are, are the tech ones. He's, he's in the IT world. So I grew up building towers and stuff with him or watching him do it. But my mom, if it's the TV, computer, whatever it's, I just want to work. Like I should just press a button and it should work. And so having to really be a part of every little step, like reading labels, like counting calories, macros, my endocrinologist told me to download a, an app tracker that I've, I've done it several times before in the past. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm telling you right now, that's not, that's not what speaks to me. That's not what motivates me. So I'm like, "Mm." I, I get what you're getting at. And I get, you're trying to get me to understand the weight of my food. I said, but I don't really keep a lot of crap in my house. So just want yeah. you to understand that. So that's that's where we're going to just agree to disagree on that. But let's try something else because <laughs> it can make things difficult when it's like, I understand my life and I know how to structure things to motivate me. So when you give me something that requires a lot of additional steps on top of everything else that I'm doing, it's very easy to kind of just slide back into this is exhausting. I don't want to do that. So yeah. I'm glad that they have a system that it was just no brainer. Uh, yeah. for you because that's a, a big pain point that a lot of people struggle yeah, with. Yeah, we refer I'm, to it, we refer to the system as goof proof. <laughs> coaches, our coaches, we call it, this is the most goof proof system ever. So yeah, that's, that's a definite advantage. And most of the people that we coach now, that's their favorite part is I just am so glad I don't have to think a bunch. You guys just tell yeah. me what to do and I just follow the steps. And everything else takes care of itself. So yeah, that's definitely one of the strong points. Very nice. So what was the transition like coming out of the coaching program and reintroducing different foods, even before you went vegan? Like what was that reintroduction phase like? Do they, or I guess you coach for them now. So do you guys have yeah. a reintegration process? And what's Yeah, that like? that's another thing that's really powerful is that they have a weight loss phase, they have a transition phase, and they have a maintenance program. So literally from the first day that you start the program until however many years down the road you want to continue being on a healthy path, they have it all set up. So like I went through that 90 days of weight loss and then I went through a 30 day transition period. And the transition period is just a gradual reintroduction of some of the foods that you didn't eat while you were on program. For example, I mentioned temporarily I didn't have fruit. Once I started my transition my second week of transition involved me a lot being able to eat fruit every day. Not like an entire pineapple, but you know, a good healthy portion of fruit daily. So yeah, they, they start you on like week one, you're able to have any vegetable you want. Whereas mm-hmm. during weight loss, no sweet potatoes, no regular potatoes, no corn, the carby type sure. stuff. So week one, we get to eat any vegetable we want. Week two, we get to start eating fruit. And then week three, we get to add dairy back. And the week four, we get to add some whole grain breads back. Never white bread. I'll never eat white bread again as long as I live. But whole grain, healthy, whole wheat type bread. And so, yeah, they take you through a transition where you can gradually start reintroducing things that you weren't able to have during the weight loss part. And then they show you how to do maintenance, which is just basically by the time. And this is this is probably the most powerful part of the program. 
by the time you reach the transition and the maintenance phase, you've done it for so long that it's just, it's now habitual. Mm-hmm. And so the way you think about food, your taste buds, literally your microbiome changes so much that you don't crave and hunger for the things that used to get you down. The best example for me is that before I did the program, pizza was my weakness. I mean, mm-hmm. if I've had people jokingly in the past, you'll hear people say, if you were stranded on a desert island and you can only take one album with you, what album would you take? Or if you were mm-hmm. stranded on a desert island, you can only take one type of food. That's all you could eat for the rest of your life. My food would have been pizza, period. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, on April 14th, the night before I started my program, I ate an entire DiGiorno's Supreme Pizza. I ate probably a dozen hot wings. I had six Shiner box in my fridge I, that I went ahead and cleaned those out. And I had a whole bunch more, but I would have died if I had tried to finish that. I just gave it all away. <laughs> yeah. I literally just <laughs> called my friends like, hey, come get this out of my fridge. You can have it. So once I got through transition and went into the maintenance phase, I had already changed my cravings so much and started yeah. loving vegetables. That's the one thing I noticed while I was on program is, man, I really love vegetables. And that's what... Tempted, tempted is not even the right word. It kind of <laughs> triggered me to go to the vegan thing because from July till about November, I tried doing the vegetarian thing and I did it because I love vegetables so much. I was like, I think I'm going to try to go vegetarian. And I love being yeah. vegetarian so much. And in November of 2019, I watched a movie, a documentary called The Game Changers which mm-hmm. is on Netflix, and it is phenomenal. I'm sure a bunch of your listeners have watched it, but it's called The Game Changers, and it's about world-class athletes that don't eat meat. And sure. so I watched that, and I was like, I think I'm going to try this. So I went completely vegan, no dairy, no eggs, no animal products at all, completely plants only, and I just started feeling better and better and better. I was training for triathlon. I was training for half marathons. I was getting more energy. I was being able to run longer. I was able to perform longer. My heart rate stayed lower. I mean, it was just phenomenal. But it all started from me being required while I was on the program to eat three servings of low-starch vegetables every single day. started mm-hmm. loving vegetables. And then when I got into that transition phase, it was really, really simple because my habits had changed so much. My flavor uh, palate had changed so much and my cravings had changed so much that instead of craving a cookie, I was literally craving like hummus and cauliflower. Or yeah. I was craving hardcore, like craving some oatmeal with some bananas in it oh, or man. some br- blueberries in it or something like that. So my cravings changed so much that eating healthy and staying on that healthy path was really, really simple. But that's the way the program works. It's designed to change the way you think. It literally sure. changes your chemistry to a point to where now you're just hungry for healthy stuff and you're not really hungry for for unhealthy processed foods. And that makes things a lot easier when it's not tempting. Yeah, I will say one thing that has been really helpful for me. So um, back in my Texas State days, I had tried <laughs> yeah. the, the, the paleo, the caveman diet, you know, whatever. And three of my roommates weren't. And so I did the same thing. We had You have your, your cabinets and your separate, here's my stuff. And I just gave them all the pasta, all the grains, whatever. Yeah. And I did that for almost a year. And like you said, the detox is, is the hardest. And I'm so glad at the time I was only working part-time. And so I had three days off, like no classes, no nothing. And I was miserable. I just like laid on the couch, watched TV and just ate salads. Every time I got hungry, like I would have uh, some salmon in a salad because you, you're, you're craving sugar, 
But I'm yeah. like, I can't have that. I I need to to let that go. And so if yeah. I'm really hungry, you're gonna you're gonna chug some water and you can you can I, I love salad, so I, I've never even prior to getting yep. like, my favorite now. Yeah, I take I mean, a I salad over just about anything. Do you all have yeah. a salada where you live? Is there a place called Salada yes. there? Yes, and it is on rotation. It I'm is like absolutely. ten minutes from it. It is yep. the best. And one of my best friends from Houston was the one who uh, introduced it to me. But we have oh like there's one in Round Rock and then one in like the, they call it the Arbor Trails area. That's that's where I'm close to. So yeah. I absolutely love Salada. Yeah, um, I think we kept that but, place in business during COVID. Oh, Literally, yeah, we kept them in business. We were there at least three or four times a week. It was crazy. But yeah, so I'm a big salad fan for sure. Same, same. It was interesting because I have never looked at processed foods the same since. And like you said, you know, the, the craving system changes when your body has finally been eliminated of all yep. of that. Every now and then do I have pasta? Sure. But I'm very strategic on where I buy it from. And and even if I'm going out to eat, I'm very particular about what's coming after it because it's never, I need to have pasta every day type thing. And I grew up in not only a Black household, but an Asian household. And so rice and different types of noodles oh, were yeah, always, yeah. they're a constant rotation. And I will say when I first moved from Dallas to, to San Marcos, I thought that I was going to die because I didn't have a rice cooker to keep in my dorm or anything like that to like make the dishes that I'm used to. Because that was yeah. one of my chores is, hey, when I get home from school, I, I make the rice. So my mom, when she gets home, she could cook the rest and it's already good to go. And I realized I, I, was, I was just fine without rice. And so little things like that, that like showed me, okay, it's really not that detrimental it's just my body being used to a certain not only cadence of how much i ate but just the flavor profile and the minute that that changed um yeah. even to this day i don't really keep a lot of stuff in the house now i don't really restrict myself because i understand if i want something it's okay to have it just moderation right yeah. so if i want to have a cookie i have it but i don't eat the whole pack like i used to things like that right. and sometimes i'll i'll get i think what, what was it easter i used to love the starburst jelly beans and so i was in walgreens picking something up and I'm like oh I grabbed a bag it took me forever to finish that bag because I'd have like four <laughs> or five and so I'm sweet. like this is really good I'm, I'm like oh, I scam myself I'm like yeah this ain't this ain't. it took me forever and I'm just like I really used to yeah. love these the the fruity uh, candy and and I'll have it every now and then but it takes forever for me to finish it because I'm just like yeah oh, I just I, it's, it's too much I'd rather I keep more apples in my house than I do candy because I love good. a good cold apple. It just, it tastes so much better to me. So I definitely understand that when you're, when your whole body chemistry changes, it's crazy the things that you would actually crave over the junk that you used to eat all the time. And for me, especially Caesar salads, that's like, I'm in heaven if you give me a Caesar salad. So it's, it's always uh, interesting, the stuff that you pick up. So yeah. I want to talk about your career transition because obviously yeah. there was a huge impact with going through this program and now you, you work for them. And yep. so what was it about, you already seem to kind of be in the, in the, you know, fitness realm, but for, for students, which is awesome. But what made you decide, okay, instead of being a molder of young minds, I want to be a molder of adult bodies. What was that transition uh, like for you? And, and how has yeah. that really impacted how you deal with people today? That's a great question. And I don't really get a chance to talk about that very much. So when I went through the weight loss program, I mean, you can imagine First of all, as a school teacher at, on April 15th when I started program and then when I finished it in July, I was on summer break. The teachers that I was working with, I hadn't seen them since May. And I had started losing weight pretty quick. And people towards the end of the school year had started noticing like, hey, 
what do you do? And you're losing all this weight. And I would tell them about it, but then it would just be like small talk conversation. But then when I went back to school in August and showed up at 185 pounds, almost 180 by that time, the whole school, all the staff were like, what God's name? What did you do all summer long? So I told them about <laughs> right. it. And that turned into more than just casual conversation. That turned into, okay, tell me more about this because I, whatever you did, I want to do it too. So that turned, that went from, okay, I helped one person to then helping five people, throw a few family members in there. My dad even was one of them. It just started to kind of snowball people asking, what are you doing? What are you doing? So it went from helping a couple people to helping a few dozen people. And as a health coach, the company compensates us for helping coach people. And my income from doing this little part-time around my schedule thing started to grow so fast that it replaced my full-time teaching income within six months. Wow. So I was making more six months after starting this little quote-unquote side hustle of helping people do program. Then I was making more doing that after six months than I was as a career teacher that had been doing it for over 20 years. Wow. So that started getting me thinking, there might be something to this. My, I started thinking about potentially leaving my teaching um, profession and full-time health coaching. Because like you said, I, I had focused mostly most of my adult life towards coaching kids, which I loved. But now I was shifting my focus to coaching adults. And I saw a greater opportunity there because I fully believe that if I could help change the health and the nutrition level and the lifestyle of parents, that that would begin to filter down to their kids and break what I would consider to be, I know this is a really strong word, but for lack of a better word, it would break a curse. A yeah, cycle. generational curses. For Absolutely. sure. It would break a cycle in that family that could turn the tide in their health to where their kids start learning about eating healthy and start adapting to what mom and dad are doing. And then that passes on a good generational thing to their kids and their kids. So mm -hmm. I started thinking, what, there's something to helping these adults or something to helping these moms and these dads and these even grandmas and grandpas, because yeah. if they can, if they can train their families up to shift and to change the way they do things that can change our entire country. So that's what I, I started thinking is I'm going to work towards becoming full time and I'm going to leave coaching basketball and teaching. So March of last year, COVID hits. I was planning on leaving my coaching profession, my teaching profession in May. At the end of that school year, I was going to leave because my income had not only met my teaching income, it had blown past it and continued to climb and climb and climb. And so I was like, OK, I'm done. I'm going to be yeah. a full-time health coach. This is all I'm going to do. And then COVID hit in between March and August. I didn't see any kids. I didn't see any of my coworkers. And I started thinking, you know what? Maybe I'll go back for, for one more year. Maybe I'll do one more year of teaching. And so I went back and then all the COVID protocols were in place. And a, a school of 2,200 kids having to distance them, keep them with their masks, don't touch each other. I mean, it was like herding cats. Mm -hmm. And after about six weeks of that, I came home to my wife. I was like, babe, I can't do this. It's time. Yeah. The, the writing's on the wall. And so the early part of October, I told my boss, I was like, I'm out. 
I'm done. Unfortunately, my boss was one of my very first clients, had a phenomenal weight loss story, knew my passion for, for helping people. And he's like, dude, it's time for you to go, man. You, you yeah. have found your calling. You need to do this. So I had a really good relationship with my boss and I was able to make a good, uh, healthy break from the school. And there was no real ill will, no hard feelings. And so I just committed in October of 2020 that this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life is I'm going to help adults reclaim their health. Our nation is, you can look anywhere you want. You're going to find that anywhere between 50 and 60% of American adults are either obese or overweight. And type 2 diabetes and pre-diabetics is about a third of our country. They're predicting that to be as much as 50% of our country by 2030. So the, the direction that we're going health-wise is the opposite direction of where I'm trying to go. And so my mission, literally, in the next 15 years, is to be able to impact the lives of one million people as a health coach around our country, a million people. And so that's my goal. And I know that sounds crazy. How am I going to personally help a million people? Well, the way it works is that if I can help in 15 years, if I can help a thousand people. But all of those people know so many family and friends that need it too, that the word starts to spread. And mm -hmm. at some point over the next 15 years, just through a, I hate to say this because we're in COVID, but almost like spreading a virus. It's like mm -hmm. people start to catch it. Oh, I need this. Oh, what are you doing? I need that. Hey, tell me about what you're doing. I've been watching you and it just starts to spread and spread and spread. And so that's my goal now is, is to literally in the next 15 or so years of being a health coach, maybe 20 years, however long it takes, I'm doing it until I retire. That's my vision is to help change the lives of a million people across the United States through health and wellness. And it really all, honest to God, all got started by my wife telling me, hey, you need to lose some weight. You're not in shape. But that's my goal. I've, I've completely shifted my priorities towards helping moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and even teens. We have teen plans. We've got people from anywhere from 16 to 65, 70 years old doing doing our program and having phenomenal results. And so, yeah, I've absolutely changed from coaching kids to coaching adults. And I love it. It's phenomenal. I do it every day. So I'm not going anywhere anytime soon either. It's awesome. Yeah, that, that really is awesome. And, and I, I think it's absolutely powerful what you are doing because the ripple effect, it, it really does exist. And so yeah. the more that we can just be a drop in one bucket of water, then that's the next one. Like it's going to yeah. do it. You don't even have to pay attention to it sometimes. It's going to ripple. So I think that's an awesome mission to have. And thank you for uh, being willing to step up and, and be a leader in that because I think especially nowadays, and, and I think this has happened for a lot of people with COVID, but recognizing that it's 100% okay to change your path because it's, it's yours. It's yours to carve. You don't have to wait for permission from anybody. You just have to be in tune with yourself and know it's the, it's time to take the leap and being willing um, to have faith in that. And so I, I get excited when I hear people say, you know what, I did this for a while and it was great, but it's time to move on because I was talking with this with my mom, actually, it's like, you work for a company or a place for 15, 20 years and she was laid off with all the, the pandemic stuff and I'm like, okay, mama, what do you want to do? I'm just like, find another job. And I'm like, yeah, but what do you want to do? Like, yeah. damn the job. Okay. Damn. Getting back in the hamster wheel. Uh, I get it. You got to do your thing. But what do you want to do? What is, what right. is it that you're passionate about that you can right. feel good waking up every day about? Because at least what I appreciate about my parents, and I think y'all are actually in the same generation, is that you guys have worked so hard to pave the way for my generation. 
And it's, it's heartbreaking to see, okay, well, I did my part in carving the path for somebody else and now I'm done. And it's like, no, 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 you don't have to be done. What do you want to do? And so to, to hear that you've found exactly what it is that is meaningful in spite of having a family to support and things like that and everything that you've done in the past, it's just so refreshing of like, you can totally pivot into something else. You should. It's, it's fun. Enjoy it. Like, don't, don't feel like you have to be stuck in this one thing. So as we kind of wind down here, I really want to know two, two major things from you. One, what is one misconception that you just want to completely like, this is totally false, like stop the madness when it comes to diabetes. And then what is one piece of advice that you would give someone if they're newly diagnosed? Man, you're asking me to start trouble now. Yeah. Oh, I love okay. trouble. <laughs> All right. Well, here goes nothing. So before I say this, let me just say this. I, let me give my disclaimer. I'm not a You're doctor. You're not medical professional. <laughs> I'm not a medical professional. If I tell you to do something different than your doctor, do, do what your doctor says. Oh, my gosh. And then call me. <laughs> All right. So my dad recently got diagnosed with prediabetes. And which is interesting because he was one of my first clients and he was 200. It was crazy. He was 225 pounds. We were the same weight when we started. He was 225, almost 230. And he got down to 185 in about 90 days. We were like mirror images of each other. But recently he got diagnosed prediabetes, which kind of caught me off guard. I was like, how could that be? And started talking to him. What are you eating? What are you doing? Because he's not, he's like more on the maintenance side now. So I started doing some research and studying. And overwhelmingly, what I found, and and I'm going to encourage anybody that's diabetic, if you don't already, look up on Instagram an account called Mastering Diabetes. Mastering Diabetes. Do you follow them? Phenomenal. I think Robbie and what's his partner's name? My mind just went blank. But Mastering Diabetes. Mastering Diabetes. There's a there's a podcast out there called the Plant Strong Podcast with Rip Epples, Rip Esselstyn. He's actually an Austin guy. Look up guys like Dr. Bernard Neil Barnard. There's multiple people I started researching and I I started finding a lot of the same information. And what I found was, and you asking about misconceptions or things that might be people might be off base with, the thing I found was that type two, especially diabetes, is not caused by overconsumption of sugar it's Mm -hmm. caused by an overconsumption of fats and the fats Mm. cause you to become insulin resistant insulin resistance raises your blood sugar that's active in your bloodstream that can't be received by the insulin receptors so that's the one thing i tell most of my clients now and, and it makes a lot of sense because the reason that my diabetes, my type 2, dropped so fast was because the program that we do is very low in fat, especially mm-hmm. cholesterol is extremely low, and animal fat is extremely low on our program. And so I can kind of look at that and go, you know what? There makes sense. They're saying it's, it's cholesterol and animal fat causes insulin resistance. I got rid of my type 2 diabetes by going on a program that was extremely low in fat, which is the total opposite of the keto world and that's where you're going to get me in trouble because they're going to all start sending me hate mail hey i was going to say i'm like ooh, i have to have you back to have this keto battle <laughs> no well so here's the thing here's the thing keto from everything i have studied and everything i have believed to be true based on the people that i trust the people i've studied it does a phenomenal job at lowering your a1c because you're not eating carbs naturally you're going to have low blood sugar if you're not putting sugar in your bloodstream 
but the cholesterol and fat amount that comes from the keto diet, especially if you do the real heavy fat load and eat a lot of butter and a lot of animal products, that builds your insulin resistance to where when you do start reintroducing carbs back into your bloodstream and you get off of keto, your blood sugar is going to spike like crazy and then your type 2 is going to come raging back because your insulin resistance is so bad. So that's the fight that I knew you were going to make me pick, but hey, here we go. We're here. So that's the one thing that I think is a misconception is that sugar intake is the cause of type 2 diabetes. That's not it. Yeah. It's fat. And then the next question you said was, I think, a pointer or a tip. Go ahead. Tell me that second question. Um, I don't remember it. For uh, if, what, would, what would be one piece of advice? Like if you could only say one thing to someone who's newly diagnosed um, as a diabetic, what would be one thing that you would give them advice on? Yeah, I, I think that might have been answered in the first one. The misconception and the advice is it's not your sugar. It's not. Now, do you want to get off processed sugar? Absolutely. Do you want to stop sure. eating cupcakes and M&Ms and Fruit Loops? Absolutely. Stop it right now. But a whole food plant-based diet that has naturally grown carbohydrates that came out of the ground, God didn't put those here to get you sick. That stuff is meant to heal you. It's like the Hippoc Hippocrates says, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Naturally mm -hmm. plant-based uh, foods that have carbs in them are can be extremely healthy for you. So that would be the one thing I would say to a, somebody that just gets diagnosed is cut all the processed stuff out, shift over to a plant-based whole foods type of an approach and don't worry about the sugar. Definitely lower about worry about the fats and, and all the oils that you're putting in your food. But if you'll, if you'll lower your fat intake and you'll get off the processed sugar, you're going to see some dramatic increases, uh, or improvements, not increases, but improvements in your blood sugar. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Definitely a lot to chew on here because I know that there's so there's so much information out there on yeah. what works, what doesn't work and all these things. And I'll say at least my thing is always do your research. Like you said, go talk to your doctor and then call Nathan. Right. It's always figure out what works best for your body because no doctor or coach will ever be able to tell you how you feel about you. So I'm, I'm so grateful that you were willing to share your story and your process and how you figured out through help with your company, what worked best for you. And, and that led yeah. you to where you are now, because um, I don't think it's talked about often enough of people actually going through the journey of figuring out how your body responds to things and being willing to try it. I, I, I don't have anything against veganism. One of my best friends is vegan. Shout out to Kara, the grateful girl, but you know, <laughs> There's there's nothing wrong with trying out different things. I tried keto, like you said, the fat did not work for me. It, it, it set me skyrocketing, but I have friends who it works for them. I'm like, cool, not here to to preach to you about anything because it's not it's not my body to to kind of yeah. worry about. As long as you are happy and healthy, great. But you know, especially for us as diabetics, there's the, that extra level of sensitivity of God. Have you been in some of those in the diabetic Facebook groups at all? Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I have to. I have to stay out of there. They get really. Yeah. They get really. I had mean. to hop out. Yeah. I had to hop out because it was just like the the tear down. Part of it was just getting understanding of what the community is going through, so that way I can come here and and bring in the right people and and weigh in and just share thoughts. But to see, hey, I had this meal and and to be ripped apart. If you had too many carbs, you had too many. It's just like. Jeez, yeah. guys, like, so it's it's definitely really intense up there. So just keep in mind, do what feels good and what feels best for you. And 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 data is your friend. It's okay to to find out numbers and things like that. Yeah. Oh, you know, everybody's so bodies I, are different. Our mm -hmm. our microbiome, which that's a totally different podcast, but our microbiome is like a fingerprint. There's no two like mm -hmm. it in the whole world. You have your right. own. 
So your body might adapt to one thing that your best friend's body doesn't adapt to at all. And it's just because mm-hmm. we're internally, our microbiomes are all unique to us. We're all our own snowflake. So yeah, yeah what worked for me might not work for everybody. I'm really fortunate as a health coach to have an I mean, like a 95% success rate with my clients. But yeah. there are those few that every now and then I'm like, how did that not work? And the only thing I yeah. can come up with is, man, their body just has its own way of doing things. And but it's super rare. But yeah, our bodies are our bodies are very very unique. There's no there's no microbiome that's ever been or will ever be that's the same as mine or the same as yours. We have our own. Yeah. Oh man, we need that more. That message spread out more. I think, and I I feel like it's it's. It's great being unique. I think that's the thing when we kind of see these click like cultures. It's like, I, I get that it's nice to want to uh, be a part and, and be in community. But yeah, I saw some quote somewhere and I can't remember where I thought and who it said it, but like it was, it went along the lines of like the, the yearning to belong is more so belonging to yourself before belonging to others. Because if you mm-hmm. just follow a collective and not understanding who you are first, you don't know how you can support that collective. It might not be doing the same thing as somebody else. That's so it's, it's definitely important to, to think through that. Really quick, do you still get um, your A1C checked? I'm, I'm assuming I'm not as regularly. To, but Yeah, I'm scheduled. I go to my 12-month like little man physical every June. So next month I'll have okay. my next one. Yeah. Nice. So I'm actually nice. kind of looking forward to it. I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah. Last time I was there, my doctor, he, sp- he specifically goes, whatever you're doing, keep, keep doing it. <laughs> and I said, well, this is what I'm doing. I talked about my program. He goes, do you have any business cards? Because I want to send people to you that won't listen to me. I was like, yeah. yeah. I took him a big old stack of business cards. And I was like, here, send them to me. I can help them. And so, um, yeah, my doctor was fully on board when he got my results. And so I'm looking forward to going next month and seeing that everything's fine. Everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I I go later this month and I will say since getting a CGM and, and my endocrinologist changing my medication, I've definitely lost weight. My numbers have been in range like 95% of the time and I've been getting more lows than highs. And I'm like, all right, this is a weird thing to adjust to. I'm usually trying to combat highs. So I'm pretty excited to you to to see where I'm at because your, your goals, Nathan, just being, just being completely honest about it. I would like to be able to say, I don't have to look at a CGM. I don't have medication. I know that, that that's somewhat of a privilege in a way because for our insulin dependent friends, that that isn't really a yeah. possibility. But I feel like I could do a better service of going through that process myself and being able to return in kind, kind of similar to what you're doing in my own way of like, it's possible and can still advocate for diabetics everywhere because yeah. there's still a lot that needs to be done to to support the community as a whole. Okay. So speaking of business cards, how can people find you if they want to work with you, learn more about your services? How can they reach you? Perfect. Social media is is my easiest way, but I can give you several ways. On Instagram, my Instagram handle is Nathan Redmond Health Coach, and my last name is spelled R-E-D-M-O-N. That's the one thing people always get wrong. It's R-E-D-M-O-N. So Nathan Redmond Health Coach. On Facebook, you can just find me uh, as Nathan Redmond. I'm easy to search out on Facebook. My email address is NathanRedmondHealthCoach at gmail.com. So any of those three places will, will allow you to find me. And yeah, I would I would love to talk to anybody that is in a similar situation, whether it be diabetes or any other sort of thing that is caused by weight. I, I even have a lot of clients that are like, our company really helps a lot of people that are hypothyroid that can't really lose weight because they're low producing thyroid. 
My dad is one of those. I was talking about him earlier. He was 72 years old and he was hypothyroid on medication. Didn't think he could lose weight and then he lost 45 pounds. But hypothyroidism and PCOS are two things that our company has a phenomenal track record with. And those are things that are definitely not in the diabetes world, but we can help a whole assortment of issues that are either caused by overweight condition or conditions that actually cause you to be overweight. So, uh, but you can find me at any of those places on social media and on email. And um, I would love to help anybody here that's just looking for information. I even have a private Facebook group that I can put people in that's called a healthy me. And you can just surf around through there and look, nobody will even know you're around. You can just kind of look at examples, ask questions and kind of dig in and get some info. And if it looks like it's something that would work for you or that you'd like to give a try, we can always chat about it and, and I can help you get like a 30 day tryout or something like that. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for coming on a fellow Texan, fellow Bobcats. All yeah, Bobcats. Um, <laughs> it's really, really great to see your story and everything else like that. Because again, uh, I know there's a lot of us, me and my dad talk about this all the time, but you know, getting to a place where I understand my diabetes may be something to, to keep an eye on, but it's not something that has to be the forefront of my mind. So thank you for being such an inspiration and a change leader in our community. You. And you guys, make sure you go follow him. Make sure that you reach out to him if you have questions. He's, he's super responsive. I've definitely reached out to him. So definitely <laughs> respond to you. And we will catch you guys next week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Wow, that was that was pretty inspirational. I'm not gonna lie, you guys. I really wanna just thank Nathan for taking the time to share his story and to again be a change maker in the community in trying to help as many people as possible, no matter if they're diabetic or not. I really appreciated him saying as much as he was a molder of minds and was teaching young kids for over 20 years to shift that into helping adults who could have that ripple effect into helping their kids and so on is truly powerful. And it all just means that he's still doing the same thing. So thank you again, Nathan, for lending your wisdom and uh, for lending your time and efforts to everyone that you've helped and everyone that you will help. Be sure to follow Nathan on Instagram. Make sure that you hit him up if you have questions or if you're interested in having him as your health coach. I'm pretty sure he will provide you with as much support and information as possible and will be able to get you to a state that feels good for you. Now, as always, neither of us are medical professionals. So in any pursuit of anything towards your health, make sure that you do your research, talk with your medical team and make the best decisions that are for you. You already know me, Taylor Danielle. I'll see you guys next week. Again, every Tuesday and Thursday is where you can catch me and all the fun things that we're up to over on Healing in Hindsight. And if you want to be a supporter of the show, I will never pay any, have, ask anybody to pay to listen to me. But if you want to donate to the show in order to keep the lights on and make sure that it's running, feel free to head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Taylor Danielle with one L D-A-N-I-E-L-E. And feel free to donate a drink to the cause in order to keep this going. But I truly enjoy doing this for the sake of making sure the right information is out there. And I appreciate it each and every one of you. We recently hit 300 followers and I'm still kind of over the moon about that. So thank you guys again for all of your support, all of your words of encouragement, and for those who have come on for being willing to share your story. I'll catch you guys next week. Perfect. Perfect.